Welcome to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast with me, Sarah Jolly Jarvis. I'm here to share with you real life stories from high performing salespeople and business owners, as well as my own insights and learnings around what's working well right now in the sales world, turning things like it is without the sleeves. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 40. I know already, how has that happened? So that means we're like 12 podcasts of a whole year of selling without sleeves. That is very exciting. So today we are going to be talking around selling on a shoestring. I wanted to make today a little bit more of a, well, this one and the next one actually, all around um, basically like troubleshooting and helping you to generate more sales. At the end of the day, that's what I'm keen on you doing. It's not just a case of selling ethically and um, selling whilst being yourself. It's about selling effectively. There's no point in being all nicey-nice and your natural self if you don't get what you need, um, which are the sales. You know, that's why you're selling. You're not selling for the sake of it. And just to have a nice chat, you are in the process of selling so that you can generate more sales. So that's what I am keen to help you do. So lots of people come to me who haven't got huge budgets. You know, the other um, the other business that I run with my husband is a business partner is an agency and we work with people who've got budgets. They've got a budget available to them to spend on lead generation. The vast majority of the time they have something set up as far as sales is concerned or because of the nature of the business and the fact that they are, you know, they're paying a decent amount a month as a retained client. They have the sales process reasonably sorted, probably around 40%, 35 to 40%. I end up helping with their sales and, and working with them as an individual or with a team of, uh, of sales guys within the organization to help them to generate more sales from the leads that we produce for them and send their way. And so what I wanted to do though was to create this podcast for people who don't have that budget, you know, for whatever reason, you're doing it on a bit of a shoestring. It's to help you to get to the point where you can get help or help you generate more income so you can invest in training. That is what my aim of this podcast is to do, or at least to touch upon. Okay, because there's lots of points to get through. um, But lots of ideas you can you can take away and start working on. But first, before I start, I want to do a quick business update for you. I just thought I'd share with you the momentous occasion that is my meeting with my uh, book guy. So um, my book mentor, uh, booksmith, whatever you want to call him, the poor guy who has been helping me to um, produce my book. We have another, Matt and I have another meeting book tomorrow night, which I am not going to cancel. Um, So it is going to go ahead and I am going to do a little bit more work on what was the feedback from the cold read that was done. Yeah, a good couple, probably um, six weeks ago now. So coming up to a couple of months, which is naughty me. But I knew this could happen very early on into the beginning of November. I thought, you know what, I actually haven't got this mysterious amount of time that I thought I would have, you know, came as quite a shock that a newborn, this being only my third newborn, needs actually quite a lot of not necessarily mental um, focus, but uh, they're, they're quite time consuming, getting them into a routine and uh, stealing your sleep. So yeah, got a bit behind, but um, I am assured by uh, Matt and the team 
who um, obviously Rob heads up as an organization that they can actually turn my book around in three weeks from when I finished with the cold read stuff. So that is very reassuring. From, from my side of things, I'm sort of gearing up the team from my start back in April. We are looking at structure wise, it's, you know, the book's going to be coming out in theory, I think it is the beginning of March, we may push that back a little bit, but not too much. That's sort of like, like a, a very soft launch. Then it goes, it really ramps up from sort of two weeks in um, where we'll be sort of all singing or dancing bells and whistles on it. So, you know, it is a very exciting time from from my point of view. You know, it's getting the guys starting to look at increasing the amount of content that I'm going to be producing and increasing my presence and obviously, you know, producing more resources. So uh, the red website is having a, a bit of a revamp and, and actually going up into um, a very exciting structure. And then, you know, you've got that. Fundamentally, it's going to result in a, in a funnel where it'll be a, a book funnel. My original thought process was that when I came back from maternity leave, I'd go straight into a challenge. A little bit of a thought or rethink on that based on really having the book coming out you know, the impact of of that and the importance of that. And then also the fact that actually realistically, I'm going to water down the book launch if I do a challenge. It's not going to be around the book. It would run the same format as I'd done previously because it worked well. And so why change that? So it's actually looking at what to do with the book and, and not overshadow it, but make the very, very most of that. So I'm going to be looking a lot more down the sort of promotion and the PR side of things and, and getting that book funnel running. And um, when I say book funnel, sort of, you know, the initial purchase is a book, probably it will either be reduced price or it will be um, free. Uh, you just pay for postage and packaging. And so, you know, that's going to be the sort of first port of call and then going on from there. So basically, sadly, I won't be running a challenge when I first get back from maternity leave. If I do run a challenge and there is a bit of an if around this, then um, it will be September and it will be a different format. I will not be doing the group training in the same way. Um, I really thoroughly enjoyed it, um, but it was absolutely, you know, the time that was spent on it, the energy that was spent on it, um, you know, not just on the challenge itself, but then onto calls, then onto onboarding, and then onto all the group training every week, um, plus the the sort of accountability sessions. It was just a lot, and it's not something that I can feasibly scale. And so it will take more of, there will be a lot more of a digital element to it, a lot more self-learning and then coming back in, in a group setting. So I'm looking and, and playing with that idea, but it will be September time, I think, if I do run one. Um, I'm still finalizing the structure for the book funnel, but I will keep you posted because, you know, I know that particularly um, looking at people who are joining my Selling Without Sleeves group. There's a lot of interest around sales funnels, sales structures, the process, the sales process itself and, um, you know, revamping and, and improving that. So I'm very keen to to support you and, and give you my insight as much as I can. Fortunately, unfortunately, unfortunately for my business, um, unfortunately from an insight point of view, I, you know, it's not something I have the skill set to do personally. That's not where my interest or my, you know, abilities, best skills lie. And so, um, yeah, that will be done by by the team um, at Full Spectrum. 
um, which is the, the, the business that I run with my husband. It won't be something that I will touch and be able to give an insight into, but the overview of it and the, the ideas behind it and the thought processes, definitely. And what I'm intending to do is get Martin on um, to talk around, you know, doing sales funnels, what you need to have in place already um, and what basically you need to do in order to, to run ads successfully. So um, watch out for that one, which, you know, more than more than likely will be coming in the next, I'd say, well, in the next month. I'm, I'm going to pin him down and get him to uh, to participate um, and, and give you his insights. You know, moving on to selling on a shoestring. You know, the thing is, is that not everybody has massive budgets, um, but you do need leads. OK, it's a fact without people saying they're interested, putting their hands up and going, yep, I am interested in what you do. There is no, <laughs> the, the, you know, there is no no inquiries there there's no leads there in order to convert using sales so you know sales and marketing go so very very much hand in hand and it should be a continuous process of feeding back you know quality of leads types of leads expectation of leads how warmed up they are etc um always needs feeding back into your marketing when you are running your own business you are the sales you are the marketing you are the finance i mean thankfully you don't need really an hr you, you know, you're in a position where you are in it feeding back to yourself, as it were. But, you know, I would encourage you to make that that process actually something that you do on a regular basis um, where you sit down with yourself um, and you think through actually what are the types of people coming through. Make notes on your CRM. Um, even if you're just using a spreadsheet, make notes on it over the, the quality of the lead, the type of questions they were asking, what they weren't clear about, what objections they had, what you could be doing earlier on in the sales process to warm them up, to make them more convinced so they're more in a position when they come to speak to you to to buy from you. And I think that's the thing is, is you know, my sales approach is very much a relationship building, very much a being yourself and I am super keen on making your life as easy as possible. And one of the ways to do that is to warm those people up. A very smart person once said, and I'm not quite sure where this came from, but it's very, very true, that your network is your net worth. Okay, if you're sat there thinking, you know what, January isn't really panning out the way that I was expecting, the phone isn't ringing, the, you know, my emails aren't, aren't buzzing, um, I haven't got the inquiries that I've wanted, you know, the customers aren't coming to you, you need to put yourself out there and your network, who you know, who you can tap into, what resources you can use, what resources you can share um, and reciprocate the sharing back. You never know where that might lead and if nothing else, it makes you feel quite nice you know, you want to, you want to figure out your network, you want to invest in that network. And and if you're sitting here thinking, you know what, I don't really have a network, I don't really have key people feeding into my ideal customer, I don't really have contact with influence, people who are influence, I'm not going to use the word influencers, because people who are labelled as that aren't necessarily the ideal people to work with, some are, some are brilliant. Um, but it's not the be all and end all. But who has an influence in your market that you could be tapping into? With that in mind, if you are thinking, I don't really have that many people, then start doing something about it. Start building those relationships. Um, start you know, giving without expecting anything back as far as you know, contacts and, and people that you are wanting to build relationships with. 
as far as your ideal customer is concerned, you really need to nail your ideal customer down. If you don't have much budget or you don't have any budget, you're going to have to be really, really accurate with those messages, those arrow little message arrows that you send out. There's no point you not hitting the mark on it. Hitting the mark on it means that you are in a position where you're resonating with those customers, you're getting them interested and you're attracting their attention. If you're using a scattergun approach where you're just sticking something out and hoping that it sticks with that customer, then you know you are going to be using up a lot of energy. Um, and that's the thing with selling on a shoestring is if you haven't got budget, then it's going to take, so basically you don't have financial resource available, then you're going to have to use your time resource. You're going to have to use your own energies. You're going to have to use a different type of resource, a different type of currency. You don't generate interest. You don't generate energy within your ideal customer. Um, it's a bit like electricity um, by not putting something in. You have to have an input. You need to be prepping that ideal customer. If again, you're thinking, oh, no one's really raving about me. No one's interested. Then do something about it. Start putting out content, start putting out value, start putting out information that is going to add value to that other person. Um, show them what you're made of, show them what value you can bring um, and starts getting their attention. So, you know, you're metaphorically jumping up and down in front of them, letting them know this is me. This is what I do. You know, likening it to dating. It, you're a bit like you're sat at home on the sofa without even an internet connection expecting somebody to appear. Um, that's just not going to happen. You need to take matters into your own hands and make it happen. So, you know, warm people up, start making those relationships. If you are in need of expanding your network, expanding your horizons, getting in contact with more potential customers, um, you know, cold outreach can be a thing that you can try. And, and that would be one of the things that I would encourage you to think about. It can be painful. You are going to get lots of no's because at the end of the day, these people aren't receptive to, um, they haven't, you know, they haven't said I'm interested, remotely interested. And so a lot of them aren't going to be receptive to what you're selling or the approach that you're making, but do it in the right way, do it in a friendly manner, respect their time, respect where they're at, and they will potentially remember you. If you can get them onto an email list, if you can provide them with a resource that will be of value to them in return in exchange for their email, then you can start warming them up. And, and getting them um, more into your world, more understanding what you do. Cold outreach is really a, a really decent tool. Um, it's a tough gig. I won't deny it. Um, but approached in the right way, ringing up somebody who's never been in touch with you before, just for you know clarity, um, is cold outreach. So you know, getting in, in in contact with them, letting them know what you do and how you can help them, is a really great way of getting things sorted. Okay, so cold outreach is you approaching somebody who hasn't put their hand up, hasn't paid any interest in your brand. You are reaching out to them, you're making contact, email, phone call in order to let them know that this is what you this is what you do, this is how you can help them and it can really open doors. You are going to get as I say a lot of no's, but if you're polite, if you respect that they didn't ask you to ring. Um, you are interrupting their day and they weren't expecting your call. They weren't expecting your email. Um, then, you know, you can get places with that um, and, it, and it can create opportunities. You know, at the end of the day, being successful, you've got to put in the effort. You've got to put in the work. It's not just going to land at your feet. You have to put in the time and energy. 
as well as cold outreach for being proactive for future these people aren't going to turn around and potentially buy from you straight away if they do i'd be very suspicious if you can turn somebody super quickly into buying from you you've either got an incredible offer a crazy low price or a very fickle customer um so please do keep that in mind it is you know it's something that will come to, to come to fruition but it's probably not well it's not going to be as quick as your potential quick wins which are old leads and historical purchases so people which have bought from you historically are way more as long as they've had a good experience likely to buy from you again okay that goes for them referring you as well if you're selling something that we've just bought a mattress which has a 30-year guarantee i do not intend to buy another mattress for 30 years surprise surprise bearing that in mind if, if, if your customer is similar to that in that they are not in a position to uh, buy from you on a regular basis, then they can refer people to you. They can be your champions. They can be the person who's cheerleading saying, these guys are great. You want to buy from them. Don't underestimate getting back in contact with historical buyers and asking them to re recommend people um, to you and potentially incentivizing that can make a massive difference. Equally old leads, contacting people who went cold before Christmas because they got waylaid with Christmas stuff, winding down for Christmas. They thought, you know what, I'll think about that in the new year and they haven't got back to you yet. Get back in contact with those people. This is a perfect week to do that and be like, you know, hey, are you still interested in this? A simple email like that can generate so much interest what i do want to say here is please don't get so desperate that you start dropping price and giving stuff away for free it's super important that you respect the value that you provide if you start dropping your price it is a downward spiral okay you are not it's going to be difficult then to start getting a viable price for your offering um and then, you know, you end up attracting people who aren't your ideal customer, who don't value what you do. And then you end up on that hamster wheel of implementation, so busy working in your business, implementing and meeting those demanding customers needs that you don't manage to attract actually decent customers who would pay um, what you're worth. That's it for me this week. I feel like it's a little bit whistle stoppy. I'm afraid, you know, from a time point of view, I don't want to go into too much detail on those different elements. But if you do want more clarity or if you'd like me to do a future podcast on any of those topics, so, you know, the um, your ideal customer, you're building your network, warming up um, and starting relationships, cold outreach, your quick wins through old leads or historical purchases or protecting your value, then please do let me know um, get in touch with me on my page. I've got the Selling Without Sleeves podcast page. I've got Sarah Jolly Jarvis page, Selling Without Sleeves. So, you know, please do um, get in touch with me there or join my group, Selling Without Sleeves. And, you know, you can ask questions and, and request um, me covering certain topics. I am happy to do that. So next week, we're going to be looking at assessing your January. How has it gone so far? How has it been for you? And some homework ahead of next week is to looking out at figuring your numbers. So when you look at how many leads, how many customers you had um, last year, how many leads, how many inquiries did you receive? Now, if you have a CRM system, then you should be able to look that up. If you don't, then I'm going to do a little bit on that next time. You know, how many of those leads that you got in for the last 12 months did that you convert? How many became paying customers? Okay. And then what I want you to do is look at the number of customers you had, look at the total revenue from last year, 
and divide that by the number of customers you had to determine roughly how much a customer is worth to you. Okay. Now, you know, that isn't necessarily your lifetime customer value because the lifetime customer value can expand over a number of years. It gives you a rough idea over how much each customer is worth to you financially. So if you can prepare that for me for next week, that is your homework. So how many leads that you've had in the last 12 months, basically inquiries, you should be able to get that from your CRM. How many of those converted into paying customers? You should be able to see that from um, the number of customers you've got on your invoicing system, if nothing else. Um, But ideally, again, CRM should tell you that. And then your average spend per customer by taking your revenue, dividing it by the number of customers you looked after last year. So on that note, guys, I'm going to leave you with that homework and I'm going to see you again here next week to look at how January has gone for you. Thanks for listening, guys. Happy selling. Thanks for listening to the Selling Without Steve podcast. If you like this episode, please head over to iTunes, Stitcher or wherever else you are listening and leave us a review. It's a really great way for us to know what you like so we can create more of it.